Good morning. My name is Jessica Baldanzi, and welcome to the last convocation before Thanksgiving. Please put devices and other distractions away to show respect for our brave and generous speakers you're about to see. For those of you who don't know, Academic Voice is a first-year class in college-level speaking and writing. This assignment that you're going to be hearing uh, some examples of in this convocation are from three different professors this semester, and you're going to hear two different versions of the assignment. The assignment in my classes and in Micah Towery's class was a personal story speech, and the assignment in Skip Barnett's class was a speech about a personal hero or a role model. These are only some of the best essays in the class, but you will see why they are so good. They're a glimpse into the lives and backgrounds of your fellow students. Some parts will sound familiar to you, and some will sound very different, but all are genuine and well told. Please welcome our first speaker, Sandra Flores Reyes. Hi. Uh, I'm Sandra, and I just go by Sandra. I am a secondary education English major from Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, and my academic voice professor is Micah Towery. Um, everybody has had an experience in their life where they felt like an outsider, or that they didn't belong in a certain situation. At least I hope you have, because it's a completely normal thing to feel. And this experience happened for me when I was 12 years old, and my family was forced to move out of our house in a span of a week. In the recent, well I say recent, but it was a couple years ago, uh, market crash, my family couldn't afford our house payments anymore, and so we had to move to a small town in Indiana called LaVille, and, or La Paz, sorry. And I didn't want to move because I was 12 years old, I didn't have many friends because I was a shy kid, but what friends I did have were very close to me. And I knew immediately that if I moved, I was going to be really quiet and that I wouldn't talk to anybody. So when we moved, I didn't go to school for about a week because their school system was a little weird to me. You had kindergarten through sixth grade in one building and then seventh and up was at the other one. And the first day that I had gone there to classes, I learned that their English classes were completely different than anything I had ever been to. They were talking about um, like the adverbs and stuff of a sentence, and I had no idea what they were talking about. And needless to say, I passed that class with a D. After a little while, I realized that I couldn't continue to not talk to anybody in the class or continue to get bad grades, because it wasn't like me to get bad grades. So I actually ended up forcing myself to talk to people. And the first instance that I did this was at lunch one day. I went up to this group of girls that I thought looked, you know, pretty, pretty friendly, pretty talk, talkative. And uh, I went up and I introduced myself like, hi, I'm Sandra. Do you guys mind if I get lunch with you? And the really tall girl in the group, who was about maybe a foot or so taller than everybody else, said, oh yeah, you're the new girl, aren't you? And then we all ended up talking in the lunch line about, you know, like our favorite things or what our families did for a living, you know, just little stuff that doesn't really make a difference but somehow brings people together. And we ended up sitting down at lunch together and still talking and, you know, looking down at my lunch, 
I thought, why is there putting in celery on my plate? So being the person that I was, I took the celery, dipped it in the pudding, and went like this, and pudding just flew across the lunchroom, and the whole table ended up getting detention. <laughs> so while we were in detention, you know, cleaning off chalkboards and like hitting the erasers together for some reason, uh, we ended up just bonding together really well. We had a lot of the same interests, and we ended up knowing a lot of the same people, and they really showed me, you know, like that you can make good friends, even if you are a really shy person. And they're actually the reason that I became so outgoing from sixth grade to now. And um, actually, they, that incident gave me the confidence to make friends when I was forced to move again. And uh, it was on the same day, November 18th, and both times it was during a blizzard, so the weather was obviously not on my side either time. But uh, I had to move back to Goshen, and I came into class 20 minutes late because my alarm didn't go off. And the teacher had us in groups and he said, here, go join that, that group because they're missing one person. You had one guy who was, you know, about seven foot tall and really wide. And he was obviously a football player. And then you had a girl with the biggest pair of glasses and braces I had ever seen. And then the other guy was leaning back in his chair with one of those like Bob Marley hats on and dreads obviously looked like a stoner. <laughs> and I thought, well, these guys probably don't know each other or they don't want to know each other, but you know, I might as well try to get to know them and make some friends here at the high school because I don't want to be a, lo a loner for you know, all four years. So I tried talking to them and I asked them if they knew each other or if they were friends with anybody here in class and apparently they were all really good friends with each other and uh, the two guys actually hung out almost every weekend. So I was really surprised to find that out. But um, uh, they ended up inviting me to First Friday, which was uh, the following week here in Goshen. It's every Friday at the beginning of the month. And I went, they introduced me to like a whole bunch of people. I was overwhelmed with friends that first two weeks. And I was really glad that I put myself out there and I got to know them. Because if I hadn't, I probably would not have talked to anybody at all, and I might not have even, you know, gone to college or anything like that. So putting myself out of the situation really, or putting myself out of that shyness that I had ended up really helping me in the long run. And uh, I learned that you can be, you know, the shyest person in the world, but eventually you're going to have to get out there and talk to people because you could end up making, you know, some of the best friends that you have ever met, and that's what's worth it in the end. So, thank you. Well, this is nice. I've never had a translator. Uh, my name is Kevin. I am a first-year student, uh, and my professor, Skip Barnett. I will be talking to you guys about my role model, and I've had many role models in life, uh, but this particular person that I look up to uh, really made a mark in my life and really made a difference. I can truly say that without him, I wouldn't be here standing in front of you guys uh, telling you my story. So uh, I wanted to start by saying this, this man, his name is Jesse Gutierrez, and he was uh, not just a youth pastor, not just a youth leader, but most importantly, he was my friend. And he taught me many, many values that I hope by telling you uh, my story, you have a better idea of uh, how great of a person he is and how he's impacted my life. 
one of the first things, or not one of the first things, he's done many things, and unfortunately I can't, I don't have enough time to tell you everything that he's done in my life. But uh, one of the big things that he did was reach out to me when I was in a dark place. Uh, it was my freshman year, and I don't want to talk about uh, myself, I wanted it to be about him, but I will say it was my freshman year in high school. Uh, I had lower grades, I was in a bad relationship. And yeah, I know, freshman year relationships really, it happened. It's a, I know, young and confused, but uh, I'm better now. Um, a bad relationship, and uh, my parents, my family was, was gone. They were in Mexico, so therefore I was living with my grandparents and uh, my aunt, and my room was in the basement. So every time I would come back from school, uh, I would always go to the basement. And eventually, you know, at the, at the beginning it felt really good, but towards the end I started feeling alone and like I had nobody even though I was with friends and cousins, um, they could be around me 24 seven, yet I would probably feel uh, very alone and feel like I had no one. Uh, at this time, I had separated myself from the church. I stopped assisting. And so I, I started to hit rock bottom. Um, and all it took was for him to, to send me a long text, and I can't say everything, but one of the things that I do remember him telling me is, Kevin, you are made more than what you think you are. And we miss you. And uh, that's all it took for me to, to say, okay, I, I feel important, I feel loved, I feel like someone is out there looking out for me. And as I started to come back, uh, he takes me under his wing. So I felt important, I felt like he saw value in my life. He saw that I was made for something, uh, I was made for something great. So not, he, uh, not did just he took me under his wing, uh, so did his dad, which is the pastor of the church. So I had two great mentors and he gave me my first opportunity to give a class. And just like I'm shaking right now, I don't know if you see it, that's how I was shaking when I gave my first class. Uh, and he told me, do you wanna give a sermon? And so he started giving me opportunities to shine. And I was just, I was just, uh, I was just amazed that it, out of everyone, he saw what I could do. He, um, uh, you know, he's, he's away now. He, got, he recently got married and I, I, do, I do miss him because it was nice knowing that there was someone that you could count on. The reason why I uh, care about people, the reason why I sacrifice my time, uh, the reason why I, I, try, I always hear people out and I try to give you guys my best is because of what he did to me. Because he reached out to me, I can reach out to people. The impact that he had on my life, I try to make on others. And sometimes he, he amazes me because the way God would use him was incredible. You could present any problem to him and I would see him come up with an answer, maybe not a solution, but with an answer that would give hope to others. And I like to think that I have done that before, but you know, I, I don't know because uh, I have heard people and I have tried to help, but not like he has. He was on a different level and I, I was amazed at how God would use him. And he never considered himself the best, the best pastor, the best youth leader. But in my opinion, there was no one better that could have led me, that could have mentored me, uh, that could have shown me values in life, that could have told me that I was wanted, that I was important, that I was loved because I was seeking love in the wrong places when I should have known that I was loved this entire time. And I'm very grateful for his life. If I could choose a, a mentor, if I could go back and restart, 
I wouldn't choose anybody else. One of the things that he told me that showed me how to, to be humble, he pulled me to a side and he told me, Kevin, when you see me do something good, do it better. And when you see me do something bad, run away from it. And uh, if that was me, see, I was never really a humbled person. I had to learn humbleness somewhat the hard way. And when he told me that, um, I, I almost kind of broke down. And I'm just like, thank you. Because it's things like that that you say that keep me going on. Uh, I struggle a lot. I struggle trying to help people, trying to sacrifice time. But, and I tell you this, not because it's about me, because it's about him. If he had never done what he did in my life, uh, I wouldn't be here. I'd probably be in that dark place. I'd probably be away and not be standing here in front of you guys and telling you how great this person is in my life. Like I said, I can't tell you everything that he's done, but he, he, showed, he showed me that I'm valuable, that I'm important. And because he did that to me, I can do that to you guys. And I hope that if you don't know me, uh, you eventually do. And uh, just know that because I'm, the minute I start to help you is because he helped me and he reached out to me. And because he is the real difference maker, he's not just a role model, but he is my hero. And I'm glad that I can honor him on this day. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm Rachel. Um, I'm uh, in Skip Barnett's uh, academic voice class. I'm double majoring in history and peace, justice, conflict studies. Um, and I come from Chambersburg, PA. And today I'll be talking about my role model. So you are more likely to find Luann Cunningham at school than at her own home. Um, every year, she just throws herself into the extracurricular activities at the Chambersbury Area Career Magnet School. She was my college writing teacher, but she was also the speech teacher for the entire school. And you could just hate and despise her class. I mean, no one likes to give speeches, but um, you just, you couldn't, you couldn't hate her. Um, this is because she dedicated her time to seeing you succeed both in and out of the classroom. And she's just an amazing person for so many reasons, including her snarky personality, but most importantly because of the way that she just sacrifices her comfort and makes a positive impact and just is completely different from any other teacher you've had. So Ms. Cunningham is, for lack of a better term, all in. She gives her time and her energy 100% for 100% of the time. Uh, she lives about 30 minutes away from our school, but she adjusted her schedule in order to be there for the clubs and events as much as possible. Um, often students would go to her completely unlocked car in the parking lot and just find an entire wardrobe there. She's talking like old clothes and like fancy clothes and basically an outfit for every single occasion. Uh, Miss Cunningham was basically living out of her car uh, in order to be there for the school as, as much as possible. Um, she was just there at all hours helping with uh, clubs and answering emails and editing some really type A students' papers for the fifth time. Um, teachers, they're, they're paid to work from 8 a.m. to 2.30 p.m., but Miss Cunningham's day started at like 6 a.m. and it honestly just never seemed to end. 
Um, she had five different classes, each with their own workload and stress load, but if you needed her for anything, then she was there, and her answer was just always yes. It was very clear that um, you come first to her without a shred of doubt in anyone's mind. So equally important is the positive impact she leaves on anyone who walks through her door. When you enter her classroom, it is known that you will leave as a better person. Uh, she'll stay after to help you with any assignments that you have trouble with, any personal issues that you have, and this courtesy, it's for present students as well as past students. So I know people who personally credit their you know, college degrees to her because they would email her papers and she would just sit up and edit them and email them back the next day. Specifically, one young couple who visited during school, uh, during class one day, um, they had a newborn baby and they came to tell Ms. Cunningham about how because of, because of her and her impact, they were able to get through college and basically provide a better future for their newborn child. And but the two of them and the baby were just so happy, um, but it wasn't anything compared to the look of pride and happiness on Ms. Cunningham's face. Um, it was very clear to me and the class in that moment that seeing your success and happiness was the greatest reward that she, she needed. Furthermore, Ms. Cunningham is just completely different from any teacher you've ever had. So you walk into the classroom and all the chairs are rearranged in this really weird pattern and you have to sit next to people that you like never talk to for a reason, but you know, um, she, eventually you become really, really great friends with those people and she just, she forces you out of your, your comfort zone. Um, she adjusts her teaching style in order to fit everyone in the classroom. She'll ask for input on how you want the lesson to be taught that day and then she'll do her best to um, address that. She just develops these really close personal relationships with everyone. Uh, she even shares her phone number with the um, entire class. I actually follow her location, which might be a little more close than anyone wants to get to their teacher, but this just goes to show that she really likes to get to know your students, her students. Um, yeah, despite this, she doesn't show any favorites. Um, no person's opinion is superior, in, including her own. Um, people just show her this love and respect because it's so clear that she loves and respects everyone around her. Um, she was our school mom, so she would fix our clothes. She would sew up, sew up ho holes in our clothes and feed us if we missed lunch and give us money if we didn't have it for lunch. And it was very clear that to her, the role of teaching went far beyond making sure I didn't say um in a speech. At this moment, at this moment, the odds are very likely that Miss Cunningham is currently doing something to benefit someone else. Um, that is just her innate nature. She just wants to be there for everyone and help them succeed. Uh, her devotion leaves every individual feeling like they have an adult in their back corner, which is something that is very crucial. Um, having a teacher as a support system is something that's truly unique and something that I've only found here at Goshen. Um, because of her just willingness to sacrifice um, her comfort and to just go above and beyond to make sure each student is positively impacted in her classroom and the way that she develops these close relationships with everyone around her, she is my role model and many other people's. Thank you.
Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Samantha Camacho. I'm a business major, and my professor is Jessica Baldanzi. Woo-woo. <laughs> this morning, I'll be sharing with you guys kind of a little something, an experience that really helped me rethink a lot of the things that I was doing in my life. Um, so an experience that really kind of shaped me up as a person. Here I go. Um, Mexico. Some of you guys know the country for the beautiful beaches or violence, tacos. Because who doesn't love tacos? <laughs> and other things, of course. Uh, millions of people in Mexico spend time looking for hope, and very few live the life the majority cannot reach in that country. Where more and more people live in fear and where the education of most is just not guaranteed. Last April, I was sent to Morelia, which is a beautiful city in Mexico in the state of Michoacan. Um, and I was sent with my younger sister to find everything for her big day. And it was not a wedding, no, no, no. It was her quinceanera. Now, I had absolutely no interest in helping her find the dress or anything for the event. But because I was with her, I had no choice but to follow her everywhere. And if the girl wanted to try on a dress, she was gonna try on a dress. Now, arriving back to the country after 12 years of absence brought many questions into my mind. Did poverty decrease? Are there more businesses now? Are there still children begging for money on the busy city streets? Most of my family lives outside Morelia, which is the capital of the state of Michoacan. They live in a little town called Tejaro, which is about an eight minute drive from the city. And day and night, you have a beautiful view of the city. But if you stand on the roof of a house, or if the house has a second floor and you're looking out through the window. Or you could go up a hill, but in April it's really hot, then I was not gonna go up a hill. <laughs> the reason why I have such a connection to the city is because of the time I spent in the city while I lived in Mexico as a younger child. And when I went back, which was uh, 15 days. Um, and remember it had been about 12 years since the last time I had stepped foot in Morelia. And I was amazed and kind of shocked to see how much the city had improved. Um, entering the city, it wasn't much different. Um, there were small businesses, like little, little shops, and a lot of street food everywhere. <laughs> Um, driving further into the city was where the change, you know, I really saw the change and I noticed how different and new everything was. Um, there were new buildings that had, were just like recently finished, um, shopping centers, nice homes and like expensive cars, you know, everything was just new. Um, but among all the improvements and success, there were and most likely today continue to be children. Um, who instead of being in the classroom or begging for money or asking anyone who walks by if they can buy some candy or anything that they have with them. Um, little boys, most of them ages six through eight, follow older men with nice shoes, asking them if they can polish their shoes just so they can have a couple cents in their pockets. And those children get yeses, they get noes, they get ignored and some are even extremely rude to them. And when one of those children is asked, well, what do you wanna do in the future? Or who do you wanna be? 
99% of the time the response is, I just want to go to school. I want to be somebody in life. Now my parents went through similar situations. Um, my father was very poor and he, um, as a younger child, when he was in school, he would dig through the trash or the garbage cans or whatever just to find used pencils or a notebook that had, even if it was just one blank page for him to use. And my mother, she grew up very poor as well, and she dropped out of school very young um, to help my grandmother and her siblings. It's about eight of them. Um, but not only did she help take care of her siblings, but she took care of my grandmother as well because my grandfather was very abusive and neither of my parents were able to finish elementary school. Everyone here, including me at times, forget how blessed we are to wake up every day and to have something to eat, to even go to college, and how much power we have in our hands to do great things and the power that we have to make a difference in the world. Being a student is not easy. There are ups, there are downs, sleepless nights and times where we just need a break from everyone and everything. In hard times, we should focus on the positive. Every day, we should focus on the positive and the great things that life has to offer us. And for those feeling like you can no longer continue and like it's time to give up, remember that there is a child somewhere in the world willing to do anything to be in your spot, willing to do anything to sit in a classroom and learn. So remember, you can do it. You are blessed. Thank you. concerned about seeing over this podium. <sighs> okay, so my name is Anna Galaviz. I am majoring in kinesiology and my professor is Jessica Baldanzi. I am from Aguascalientes, Mexico. And if you know me, you know that I'm really proud to say that. And it's not because I'm proud of my country. I'm really proud of the person that I am today because I'm from there. So being born there, I lived there up until the age of four, and those few early couple years ended up being the most impacting years in my life today. Just like most Mexicans, my mother had to struggle her way financially to provide food and shelter for me. While she was busy struggling through life, my father was busy making sure that alcohol and drugs consumed his life and destroyed his family. This then led to horrible nights of terror, of little me hiding underneath a bed, just holding my ears and shutting my eyes tight, hoping that if I did it hard enough, I was gonna be able to escape all of those feelings that consumed me, all of that terror that just took over me every night. And so after a couple years, of course, my mom decided that that was definitely enough and that was not a life that she wanted for me. So she chose to sacrifice everything that she had, forget about her world, and moved to the United States. 
the journey here was a really big blur to me. But I remember having a lot of questions, like, what is this place? Why are, you, why are we going? I had to leave all my toys behind, which was the worst part, of course. And, um, but getting here was, I think, the hardest part of all. Uh, we lived here, for the first two years that we lived here, it was really difficult because now it was just me and my mom. There was no one to rely on. I mean, we had to like depend on ourselves. And we, we lived with my uncle and his girlfriend. And he was just someone that was gonna provide shelter for us at the time. However, at this point, my mom was able to get a job. And my uncle's girlfriend had convinced my mom that because of her status, she was not able to cash in her check. So my uncle's girlfriend asked her if it was okay with my mom to cash in her check for her. So once she did this, she would take my mom's money and steal from her, of course, and, and just give my mom what she thought was reasonable. After a couple weeks of this, my mom realized what was happening and we moved out. However, when we moved out, I guess that was a time when God decided, okay, you two have had enough, it's time something good happened to you guys. And that is when we were blessed with my stepdad, George. George has opened so many doors for me. He sculpted me into the person I am today. He has just given me such a wide range of opportunities and he is the reason I can stand up here with you guys and tell you my story. So of course, I'm really thankful for him, but I'm a little more thankful for my biological dad, for his mistakes, for every wrong that he did, because if it wasn't for his mistakes, I wouldn't be here and know that you can always take something good out of a really bad situation. Thank you. I'd like to thank our five speakers again, very brave, uh, telling these personal stories. Thank you very much. I think we'll get out of here early. Have a good Thanksgiving. Drive safely if you're going somewhere. See you all uh, Monday.